Hey, welcome world travelers and fellow adventurers to the Tales of a Traveler podcast. It's me, your host, Stacey Utek. My greatest joy is traveling and exploring the world with people that I love. I have been to 63 countries and have a bunch of stories to share with you. So thanks so much for joining me as I venture down memory lane and share with you the tales of my adventures from around the world. Hey there, my little travel adventure nuggets. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, and happy Super Bowl Sunday. Listen, I'm a little bit disappointed because my Green Bay Packers couldn't quite make the cut. They almost made it this year to the Super Bowl, and at the last minute, they did not succeed. But I still love them. Go Green Gold. Speaking of which, I want to give a big shout out to my greatest fans. You know who you are. My brother's family, the Utech family, Adam, Jill, Hannah, Sophie, and Claire. Thanks so much for listening. Every time I do an episode, they call me, they tell me how much they loved it, and then they tell me how they share it with all their friends. So <laughs> my biggest fan support base, thank you for listening. Love you guys. Um, today is a special episode as they all are. Um, but I've been kind of building a little bit. I'm, I think I'm kind of trying to give you guys a, a foundation for where travel really um, became important to me over the years in, in my younger years. And today I'm talking about Kenya. Um, Kenya was the first country that I went to and stay, stayed the longest. And so, listen, I know that I have a lot of listeners here who have lived in countries overseas for years the longest I've ever stayed in a country was four months. Um, so that's not that long, but it's definitely longer than a 10 to 14 day missions trip. And so for me, it was an incredible opportunity. And so I kind of want to share a little bit about how that came to be. So I had just graduated from college and I remembered being in the basement of the library at Moody, excuse me, Moody Bible Institute. It's hard to say. Um, on those like ancient dinosaur computers. You guys remember those with like the towers and the huge like monitors? Anyway, I was looking up opportunities because I'm like, listen, I'm graduating. I don't know what I want to do or who I want to be in this world. And so I had three different avenues that I was considering going down. One was a seminary in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Number two, I had at the time been volunteering for an organization that did outreach to male prostitutes on the streets of Chicago. And so I had an interview with them to kind of come on board with them and work with them. And then number three was I really wanted to travel and Africa had really been on my heart. And so I'd found this organization called Adventures and Missions and they did this four to eight month experience in, in Nairobi, Kenya. And so I had these three opportunities before me and I just like, you know, isn't it funny when you're in life and you have all these different like roads you could go down and then you choose one, do you ever wonder, oh, what would have happened if I chose that other thing? Sometimes I think about that, but man, the the road that I chose was Kenya. And I'm so glad that I did because it really continued to provide more opportunities for me to continue to travel. And as you'll see in my, as my story progresses, it really launched me into, into the opportunities that brought me to where I am today. So anyway, 
I chose Kenya, applied, got accepted, and it was an eight-month program, but I had been working and I couldn't go until January, and so they had an option to just do the the four-month stint. So I went in January, and I joined up with a team that had already been there, and some people had left, but like some people had already been there for four months already, and then I was joining up for the, the second half of that. And so when I got there, there were already people who had established relationships and Um, basically the program was, we lived in the largest slum in, well, in Africa, actually it's uh, called Kibera and it's in Nairobi, Kenya. And we had a house, uh, in the slum area, like directly in the heart of it. And, um, yeah, we just were there to build relationships with people. And we had a lot of different programs and things that we did along the way, but I remember them, you know, like saying basically, figure out what you want to do with your days, like go out and find opportunities. And so I was like, okay. So I think it was me and Nikki. Nikki, if you're listening, you might need to verify. Nikki and I just went walking around one day and we're like, let's just like pray and ask the Lord where we should go. And so anyway, we basically stumbled upon this high school and we got in touch with the administration and said, we'd love to come in and do Bible studies with the girls uh, here at the school and just start coming during their lunch hour and hanging out with the kids. And so that's what we did. Every day we went and we hung out with the students and just started building relationships. And then they'd come over to our home and we'd serve them macaroni and cheese. And I remember they really hated macaroni and cheese. I remember inviting some kids over and they were like pushing it around their plate. They did not enjoy it. <laughs> um but it was such a fun experience. And I think for me, Kenya was so special because it was the first time like that honeymoon experience of being in another country wore off and you just started to live your life and like, every, you know, build relationships with people and they would come over to our house and sit and, you know, one of my, I don't know, it's it's a memory that sticks out to me, but um, they basically, every time you would leave, they would say, oh, like if you would go to somebody's house they would say, oh, I'll give you a push, meaning they would walk you like halfway home and then and then leave you and go back to their house. It was just kind of like a hospitable way to like acknowledge and thank your guests for coming to your house. And so this is like a tradition I started to pick up on. And so when people would come over and visit us as, you know, and they were ready to leave, would stand up and I'd say, okay, I'll give you a push. And then I would like walk with them down the road, halfway down. And then the the best, the best thing about the push is that you have no idea when they're going to leave you. So like at some point they just abruptly say, okay, I'm going to go home now. And then they just turn around and start walking back to their house. Wonderful. I should start doing that around my neighborhood. People would think I'm crazy, but I loved that. And, and that's one thing I really picked up on Kenya in general is it's just this incredibly hospitable, beautiful community of people that I fell in love with. And so anyway... I am going to bring on my guest. I actually talked with him on the phone yesterday, and so I'm going to loop in that little recording, and you're going to get to know my friend Evans. Evans was a student um, when I was there. I think he was maybe 17 or 18, and he came around quite a bit. Um, He'll give his side of the story, but... I, yeah, really love Evans and still to this day, like we, we lost touch a little bit, but we've always kept up on social media. Um, I actually took a team when I worked at Malone to Thailand and we had a layover in Japan and he now lives in Japan and he met us at the airport and that was just so fun to reconnect with him. But one thing I really love about Evans and his story is he was a kid who grew up in the slums of Africa and now he's 
basically a stand-up comedian in Japan. It's wild. And I love the risks he's taken and um, the things he's done in his life to get him to where he is now. And I've loved reconnecting with him. So enjoy this little interview with Evans. Evans! Hey, Stacy! It's me, Stacy. Do you remember me? Time not see. Good to see you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for having me. This is an amazing podcast and congratulations uh, to, you know, for starting this. I mean, you've been all over the world and you need to share your experiences with everybody. So I am so when I when when I saw you posting those photos asking which one to use, I was like, yes, finally, we got to get to travel with heart to all these places that some of us cannot go because our passports are weak. <laughs> oh, that's true. Now, did I pick the, the picture that you wanted? Or which one did you yes, vote for? Yes, of course. Yeah, that that, that was a, the one with the the, the the France, Paris, I think. Yeah, you like that one best? Yes, I like that one best for many reasons. You know, I did mass communication and I can actually analyze a photo. So that photo speaks a thousand and one <gasps> pictures, for words, I mean. So, wow, yeah. what's one of the words it spoke? Freedom. <laughs> I can see, like the position of your hands. It you know says what? a lot. Body language, right? Listen, I'm going to start asking people that I bring on, what do you think I'm doing with my arms in that picture? Because it's a real mystery. I know what I was doing, but do you have any ideas? Um, I, I, You are maybe stretching. <laughs> I have to look at it again. <laughs> I I'm need, not really. I need... But it, just, it, it shows how free you are and it expresses who... Stacy really is, you oh. know, this free, care, you know, not careless, but carefree, careless, carefree, yeah, yes. carefree is a better well, yeah, oh. I mean, yeah, I like that photo. Thank you. Okay, Evans, we haven't talked in a yeah. long time, Yeah. but you are one of my favorite people, Oh. for real, I don't just say that lightly, I think you're hilarious, I think you're super fun. And we met, obviously, in Kenya. That's what this podcast is about. And I'm talking about my... I spent four months in Kibera with you guys. Mm -hmm. Tell tell my audience, my little listening audience, more about Mm -hmm. your life. Where did you grow up? Mm -hmm. Let's start with that. Where did you grow up? Where where were you born? Yeah, I was born and raised in Kibera. Kibera is the largest i don't know if it's still the largest slum in africa but it is one of the biggest in africa if not the world and i was born and raised there and to a to a family of five i have stepbrothers and sisters but i don't count them because there are so many so (laughs) i just focus on my full brothers and sisters who are five of us uh i went to school there uh to this missionary founded school called um Blue House Calvary, uh, Calvary Primary School. Uh, that's where we actually met. And yeah. um, after that, I, I went to a high school still, you know, and uh, uh, sponsorship formed by Christian missionaries. And, you know, life in Kibera was was challenging. But, you know, I, I started realizing that it was difficult when I started looking the outside world because I was so used to living in that environment of hardships and challenges and they just became normal and so 
uh, when people talked about all these challenges facing Kibera, I couldn't really see them at first because this is just the way we live. This is what we've known since we've grown. We've known having one meal a day and, you know, not having a roof over, over our head some days. But, you know, we, we, we lived as a family and as a community, we, we pride ourselves into protecting each other and sharing the little we have. So Kibera is always home for me and it will never change despite the fact that I, I love traveling and experiencing different parts of the world. Japan has been home now for the last almost seven years, Crazy. you know. Yeah, but yeah, Kibera is still in my heart. My family still lives there. My, like my sisters and brothers are still there. And I, I always miss Kibera. And every time I go back home, I have to, to stay in Kibera for some days just to, to bring back those beautiful childhood memories as well as to remember the, the, the difficult past that I was fortunate enough to, you know, to, you know, to, to overcome. So yeah. that's me in a nutshell. I love that. And actually, that's something that really stood out to me in the short time I was there was the sense of community is really incredible. Like neighbors really take care of each other. And Mm -hmm. um, there is a sense of just like family that Mm -hmm. there's a, yeah. I learned a lot from the community there. And even just the sense of protection that people gave our team. Like I remember Mm -hmm. people trying to break into our house and like the community rallied together and found the stolen items and things like that and brought them back to us. And yeah. Kind of incredible. Yeah, definitely. That's that's the spirit of Kibera. You know, there's a lot. Like even in Kenya, we 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 people from Kibera, people look down on us because of you know the economical status, the economic status of of, of Kibera people living in Kibera, and the, the, there's a stigma that is just full of thugs and prostitutes and losers and people who are hopeless in life, but. We, within ourselves, we know that we are more than that. And it is always just amazing to see how that comes out in life when we are faced with hardships. For example, in, like in Kibera, there are no roads and there are, and there are always fires, you know, houses burning and, you know, the, the fire brigade takes one hour before coming into you know to the rescue because of the you know traffic and just poor city planning of nairobi as a whole but you can see how people come together and put the fire down like using the buckets only bucket and sand and people are running and people are trying to rescue others and just like working together as a community you know it doesn't matter whether you like the person that whose house is burning or not you're just going to take a bucket and you know, water is a problem in Kibera, but when there's a house burning, you don't know where all these gallons of water come from. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. everybody does their part to make sure that they put down the fire because by that they know they are, they are not only helping others, but also kind of helping themselves because our houses are so together. Yeah. So if you, you can, if you can start a fire in one house, you can just go miles and miles and miles. So that is... That is one thing I, I love about my community. Yeah. It's just that sense of togetherness. And as you said, you know, some guys broke into, you know, your house on Karanja Road and the staff were found a couple of days later. It's just that, you know, people know who does what, you know, we know all the thieves, we know, all yeah. the, we know, we know everybody in Kibera, like, you know, it's, 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 it's such a large community, but 
you know, we know each other. We are yeah. that close. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love that. And I met you, gosh, how old were you when we met? When was it? I don't Two, remember. 2005? Were you like 17 or 18? I was... Uh, Can you do math? The math? Now, I'm now I'm 33. Do the maths. I, I can't do it. Okay, so you were in high school, and when we met, yes. I came seventeen, I guess. Yeah, I came late into the group, but you and Humphrey and Sammy were already friends with the team. Yes, yes. They called you the peas. Why did they call you yes. that? I forget. Ah, uh, that's that's a very interesting um, name for us. Like my history with the with, with the mission organization that I met you goes way back, like since i was 10 or oh, 11 okay. I, yeah I, I was one of the guys who went out there and helped the missionaries especially when they were going door to door evangelism i helped with translation because some of the kibera residents cannot really understand english and some who understand they cannot understand stasis english you know because you guys speak from the north like you know what i mean you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I really helped, like, translating for this mission organization, mission teams that used to come for three months, six months, and even longer than that. And I did that for for almost seven, eight years. And that's how I met a lot of friends from the West and some enemies from the West. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Am that's I a friend or an enemy? Was I a friend or an enemy? You are a friend of me, you know. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's the only way it can yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, so like the, the name the piece came from uh the, the the leader of the mission organization was called Scott Nelson. So his wife called Lisa, uh she's the one who was like, Oh, you guys are always together, three peas on the pod. Like yeah. just like peas on the pod. Yeah. Up to now I, I, I think I still don't know what peas on the pod means. <laughs> So American listeners, please comment and explain <laughs> to me what that means. But yeah, that's that's where the name came from because me and Sammy and Humphrey, we we were very very close friends. Yeah. Like those are my my brothers. I grew up with them and I walked every step with them until life happened and now everybody's on yeah. on their own on on three different continents yeah. doing three like doing their own things. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the name came from. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa Scott. Yeah. Lisa, Lisa Scott. Well, yeah. I remember you got, I loved when you guys came around, obviously, and we would hang out quite often. And I remember you guys taking me to one of your little like roadside restaurants and mm -hmm. you were like, we're, we're burning very hard. <laughs> no, we're burning very <laughs> vigorously. That's what you taught me. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to eat? Does it like mean eating? Are you hungry? Yes. <laughs> yes, that that means like burning. It means like when you you are, you are literally starving and you see that meal and you're like, I don't care about the temperature. I'm just gonna <laughs> chuck it in my stomach. It's gonna cool in my stomach. And, you know, that's that was very common among families in Kibera because you know we have large families most of the time and the food is usually not enough. So yeah, the moment it comes from the stove, if, if you think it's too hot, you're gonna you're gonna go to bed hungry. So that's where the the term burning yeah. came from yeah so i'm glad you still remember oh burning. yeah and they would yeah. i would do i would say that to locals and they would laugh really hard when i would say that yeah because <laughs> coming from you know some white girl from america mm -hmm. it probably sounded kind of funny 
But yes, I love Kenya and I love the people in your community. And yeah, like you have really moved on in the world. Like, of course, Kenya is always your home, but can you tell us a little bit about where you are and how you got there? This is exciting. I love that you're doing yeah, this. I mean, this was a childhood dream to always just travel and, you know, just travel the world. And uh, as a child, I actually wanted to be a journalist because I felt like that is one of those jobs that will allow me to travel and cover stories from all over the world. But I, I actually even studied my first bachelor's. I studied in uh, in Uganda. It was mass communication. That's that's my 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 my, my bachelor's. That's what I graduated in. So after after Uganda, I went back to Kenya and tried to look for a job for like two years, which was very difficult. It was very difficult. The job market in Kenya, especially in media right now, or then, it was very tough because they they no longer hire according to your qualifications. But most, you know, Kenya is very, you know, like corruption is it's not a, a new thing in Kenya. So it, it was quite difficult for me to find a job in the media industry. And uh, I, I, I did other jobs here and there, just casual jobs, just to survive. And I also volunteered to one NGO called Leadership International. I, I, and then they later employed me to do their PR and communications. Uh, I was a, you know, their PR um, person. And then I did that for quite a while. After that, I was just like, you know, I just want to travel the world. And I had a friend who's in, in Tokyo, in, in Japan, and I at a university. So I asked him how he got in and he gave me a link to to apply for a scholarship. So I got a scholarship to study uh, my second bachelor's in um, liberal arts and philosophy at uh, Tokyo Christian University. And that's how I ended up in Japan. And, um, you know, since long ago, I, I loved doing comedy. I started it in Kenya and it was not I mean, it, like by the time I, I started getting some real, real gigs, uh, it was time for me to leave and come to Japan. And then I had, I just had to come to Japan, and uh, but I couldn't stop doing it because for me that was like a form of therapy and a form of fighting back tears and anger, and uh, you know, just calming me when I'm too excited. Like it is a that's my, 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 my balancing factor in life. So I came here and I tried to to find some places to perform and I continued, you know, I, I continued and um, since I came to Japan, I've done almost 12 countries, you know, traveling and doing what I love and that was my childhood dream. Although yeah. I'm not doing media, but I'm, I'm making people laugh and, you know, I love that. So That's awesome. That's, That's how I ended up here. I love that. And I love that about you. Like you, I remember you telling me years ago, yeah, I'm going to be a, like a stand-up comedian. And I was like, really? <laughs> and yeah. now you're doing it. And it's so awesome. What I would just love for you to give advice to anyone who like feels like they have a dream, but it feels too far away. Like they couldn't get there. What would your mm-hmm. piece of advice for them be? Um, just start, start just take that first step that that all that matters like just start it doesn't matter like you will regret in life later for not doing it you know for not trying but you know if you try and fail so what it's just you don't fail actually you learn so 
if you have any dream, if even if you want to be an Olympic, you, you know, athlete at 40, just go to the gym, you know, try. <laughs> I mean, don't, look at me. I'm a living testimony. Yeah. I, I Sometimes I find myself in a hotel in, in Singapore and I'm, I'm staying in a five-star hotel, paid everything. I'm supposed to go on stage and I just cannot believe it. Like, is yeah. this real, you know? Is this happening? Can people, how come somebody pays my flight and accommodation and pays me to perform? Is, yeah. is it even, you know, like for me, I do not, I, I do not believe in, in, in failure and, and because failing is, is just a, a, another term for learning. It's not really, not really, you know, like try, even if you want a job, if, if you think like you want to work, for example, with Google and you're like, oh, this is a very big company, I cannot apply. I mean, just apply. All the, the worst they can do is say no. They will not arrest you after that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like there is no any, like just it, it, nowadays, no is just it's normal you know so i mean just try that's my that's my greatest advice just try and fail and try again yes. and fail like when i started stand up i said i'm gonna do ten thousand hours and then if i cannot maybe get a gig or i cannot be good at this yeah i'll stop and right yeah. now i don't even think i'm, I'm there yet and you know things keep on happening. So, I mean, not not now, especially with COVID and all that. But I put on my shows now. I advertise and I have a small following here in Tokyo. I I sell out my my small shows and you know I just keep on going. You know I, because it's something I love. Again, yeah. Try and look for something that you love and something you can do for free and enjoy. For me, I I pay for my flights sometimes. And my hotels just to go to a stage somewhere and do three minutes of yeah. comedy because it is something I enjoy. I do not care how much I spend on comedy. It's like it's like my girlfriend. You know what I mean? I I, I spoil her like any time <laughs> because when she decides to spoil me, the return is just crazy. So yes, definitely I love that. try and you know follow your passion. Don't give up. Spoil your dream like they're your girlfriend. That's what I took exactly. from that. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Okay, two more things, and then we got to wrap up. One is, mm-hmm. since this is a travel podcast, if there's any country you could go to today and mm-hmm. spend 24 hours there, what country would you go to? Without a doubt, I'll go back to Bali. <laughs> to Bali? Oh, I love yes. Bali. I love it. I I was in Bali last year for like two weeks, Christmas and New Year's, not last year, but 29, I, 2019. I went in 2019, 24th of 2019, and came back January 7th. And I spent I spent like three days on this island, a very minute island called Gili. Okay. Yeah, it's very beautiful, and it's so empty. Like, even during the high season, there were no tourists there. Wow. I just had the beach to myself and a couple of friends, and it's beautiful, and the people are very kind, and the food is just amazing, and it's... It's very, very affordable. So yes. I just want to go back to Bali. Bali, not bad, yes. not bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, could you share with everyone like how they could find you on social media or your comedy pages if they wanted to check you out? Yeah, I'm, I'm on social media. I'm everywhere. I, I use my, my real name, Evans Musoka. 
that's on my yeah ig and evans underscore musoka facebook evans musoka comedy youtube i'm i'm on youtube right now i'm very active on youtube because i do not have shows so i try to just showcase japan in a funny way so i'm trying to do weekly videos about different like i'm vlogging about japan but trying to put in some comedy so evans musoka yeah, Evans Musoka on YouTube. Please subscribe and share with your grandmother. She'll like it more than you. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for being on my podcast. You're the best. Thank you for having me. You're... And I promise you, Stacey, I'm very famous. This will be the most listened to podcast you've ever recorded. <laughs> I know you've recorded like two episodes, but yes. this is going to break the internet. Yes. I promise. I'm going to hold you to that. Hold me to this, Stacey. Okay. Say goodbye. Bye. Thank you for having me, guys. Bye. Uh, sayonara. Uh, konnichiwa. Hey, thanks, Evan, so much for coming on my podcast. It was so fun to reconnect with you. Um, I love Evan's story. It just reminds me that anything's possible. And I know that's a huge buzz phrase that you hear a lot, but it's true. Uh, you see this kid who grew up in the slums of Nairobi uh, now living out his dream, traveling the world, doing comedy, doing what he loves. And you see him just continually taking steps towards the things that he wants. And I feel like there's a cool lesson in that for all of us that our conditions, what we were raised in, um, even where we're at now in life and in this COVID season, uh, our dreams are just waiting for us to call on them and to take steps towards them and they can be a reality. And so I love that that came out of this interview that was so unexpected. And it just makes me look back on my time in Kenya with even more fondness um, as I think of all the people that I met there and um, got to meet and who had an imprint on my life. So thanks so much again for joining me on this podcast. And I'm looking forward to recording another one very soon. Have a great day, guys.